baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If you find a kilo of cocaine, do not eat the entire thing. In fact, don't just don't do it. Just call the police and get rid of it because, you know, it is a very risky drug and it's also very illegal. So do not eat it. Mike, what's the weirdest thing you've ever come across on the beach? All right. On a beach? I don't think I could really say, but I have found drugs before. Okay, it was at the airport in Atlanta. We were changing planes, walking along. I looked down and there's a little bag of weed on the floor. So what am I going to do? And I'm not going to keep it because we had to go get on a flight. Exactly. And I'm not going to give it to a security guard or a cop because then I've got to go in and answer a bunch of questions. So actually, I just took it over and threw it away. Just got rid of it. Sounds self-incriminating here. But I'm not the only one to find drugs. So tell me about this story. Well, Lauren, our other producer, and I have been wanting to do a story for a long time about things that wash up on beaches. Messages in a bottle, creepy dolls. Back in 1919, an entire German U-boat washed up on a beach in England. I looked this up. And more recently, in Siberia, listen to this, someone found a bag filled with severed human hands. This is a little less grotesque than that incident. But in February, police discovered cocaine that washed up on a beach on the French side of the English Channel. But not just an amount that you might have found at the airport. It was 850 kilograms, or nearly two tons. That puts that little bag of weed I found in Atlanta to shame. Yeah, I think the cocaine on the French beach has that one beat. I got everything beat. I'm Mike Rogers. That is one of our producers, Chris Blake, and this is Something Offbeat. It's the podcast where we go beyond the unusual headlines. This week, I spoke with Steve Rolls of the Transform Drug Policy Foundation in the UK about this cocaine on the beach and drug policies in general in the Western world. Tell us about this cocaine, 850 kilos. That's an incredible amount. How common are incidents like this? Surprisingly common, actually. I mean, the total amount of the drug produced going by the UN Office on Drugs and Crimes estimates is over 1,000 tons a year, probably around 1,200 tons a year. And also going by the UN Office on Drugs and Crimes estimates, about two-thirds to three-quarters of that is intercepted at some point. So around 400 tons, going by their estimates, around 400 tons of cocaine is consumed every year, but about twice that much at least is intercepted through various interdiction efforts. Quite often when it's being transported in the oceans or on boats, if they're threatened by interception by police, they will just ditch it. So it's happened surprisingly often just tons of cocaine and sometimes literally tons of cocaine often in, in small small 1k packages is just chucked overboard and then a few weeks or months or even years later it will just wash up on a beach because that's what happens 
Yeah, I was just about to ask you if this could have been a situation where there was an interdiction underway or, you know, imminent and they just threw it overboard. I guess that wouldn't be good when you had to tell your boss what happened. No, but I mean, part of the the, the nature of the international drugs market is that a certain proportion of, you know, the drugs will be interdicted. And so for the organized crime groups who produce and transport this stuff, it's really just a cost of business. I mean, it's a fairly fixed cost. They know that somewhere between a third, a half, two thirds of, of what whatever they produce isn't going to make it. And they just pack that into their calculations. But it's so profitable that it's still worth doing because this stuff can have a markup of 100 fold, sometimes two, 300 fold. So what costs pennies to produce a gram of cocaine will sell on the streets in North America or, or Europe for 50 to 100 dollars so you've got these enormous markups and profit margins that mean that losing a half or two-thirds of your total production doesn't really matter you can still make a lot of money you can afford it yep absolutely it's kind of like a tax but the profits are so big that that tax is worth paying when it winds up in the water or on land maybe dumped out of a plane is there any danger posed to wildlife? I'm thinking of cocaine bear here. Cocaine bear is based on the 1985 true story of a drug runner whose plane crashed, sending tons of cocaine plummeting to the ground. A large quantity of it is found and ingested by a massive brown bear. Little do two high. Yeah, cocaine bear is not a documentary, just to be clear. Apparently it is based on a true story, but what happened was that a bear did eat a bag of cocaine and then died. It did. It did. I mean, you know, I shouldn't laugh, but it did not go on a kind of hilarious rampage. And, you know, as a basis of film, it just died. If you, you know, if you eat a kilo of cocaine, any animal eats a kilo of cocaine, you will die very quickly. So it, the cocaine bear is not is only very loosely based on fact. Very loosely. Yeah, I, I, I read that, too, that, that the bear died immediately. They took a lot of artistic license there when they made the movie. A lot of artistic license, yes. If you're in the mood for a movie that's far off the beaten path, I highly recommend Cocaine Bear. So, Mike, did you see Cocaine Bear? Because I did not. Well, you need to get down there and see it <laughs> as soon as you can. My wife and I went the weekend it came out, and it was hilarious, which is actually what it's supposed to be. Don't go in to see this movie thinking it's a serious film. It's not. It's designed to be absurd, and and it is. As I would assume, the follow-up will be, have you heard about this? There's a movie due out this summer called Meth Gator. So is this going to be one of those sequels where if you haven't seen Cocaine Bear, Meth Gator won't make sense for you? No, I don't think they go together. You can watch them separately, but either way, I'm there. And don't forget about another true story. In mid-March, an African serval cat tested positive for cocaine in Cincinnati. The cat escaped from its owner's car during a January traffic stop. When it was finally caught a couple of months later, a drug test found cocaine in its system. What could possibly go wrong? This one did not go on a rampage. The cat was taken in by Cincinnati Animal Care and now resides at the Cincinnati Zoo. According to the Telegraph in the UK, a study back in 2020 found that the amount of cocaine in wastewater in London was up 60% from 2012. It measured 618 milligrams of metabolized cocaine per 1,000 people. That's up from 392 just eight years prior. Does it pose any kind of danger to humans? And I'm, I'm looking at this study out of the UK. They found trace amounts of cocaine in tap water. How'd that happen? Well, the cocaine in tap water is actually cocaine that has passed through 
the human body. So it, it's people who've used cocaine and they will literally wee it out and then it enters the system. And even in tiny quantities, you can still detect it with the latest sort of detecting technology. And in fact, it's one of the monitoring techniques that is used in Europe to monitor how much drugs are being consumed. It's called wastewater analysis. But London's number was dwarfed by some other European cities, with Antwerp and Amsterdam posting levels well over 1,000 milligrams per 1,000 people. The wastewater analysis, it finds trace amounts of opioids, of cocaine, of methamphetamine, MDMA and ketamine. So all of these drugs are present in water that is consumed, but in tiny, tiny, you know, almost sort of tiny homeopathic level doses. So the scientists can detect it, but there's no actual immediate danger to uh, humans. Traces of cocaine were even detected at the British Parliament in December of 2021, according to the Sunday Times. They've swabbed 12 toilets and lavatories across the parliamentary estate in Westminster, and of the 12, 11 came back positive for cocaine. So this is a, a huge scandal, really. You know, drug abuse at the very heart of Parliament in Westminster, in London. The headlines are just appalling and it just looks so bad. And certainly the government needs to get to grips with this uh, because the headlines, everyone's talking about this. And it's just really, really awful behaviour. Are these problems unique to Europe or, or do we see them around the world? Nope, they're common across the world. I mean, you could, you know, drugs are detectable in wastewater pretty much anywhere where there are people, because anywhere there are people, there will tend to be some level of drug use. Now, it's much higher levels of cocaine use in Europe and North America and Australasia. It's it's less of an issue in the global south, although it is also increasing. I mean, one of the things that the war on drugs has been remarkably ineffective at achieving is the promised reduction in levels of drug use. More and more people use drugs despite 50 years of aggressive uh, punitive enforcement designed to reduce the number of drugs. So one thing we know about the war on drugs, it not only doesn't stop drugs being produced, supplied and easily available, it's also not putting off people from doing drugs. We know that because more and more people use them. Tell me what your organization, what Transform is doing to, to educate people about the dangers of drug use, cocaine in particular. Well, we fully acknowledge the risk of risk of drugs, but we also acknowledge the existence of high and persistent demand for drugs. And we think that we have to be pragmatic and educate people about drug risks using the tools of public health education. We can encourage people to not use drugs or we can encourage people if they do use drugs to use them sensibly and as safely as possible. The problem is that we have a war on drugs. So most of the resources within drug policy are directed towards punitive enforcement, arrests and prosecutions and incarceration and criminalization, which doesn't seem to work very well and creates its own set of harms, as opposed to public health interventions such as prevention, risk education and treatment, which we know do work. You know, they do deliver good value for money and, and positive health outcomes. It sounds like you you understand that demand is the key. Your your group understands that. It's not you get people constantly around the world saying we're going to crack down on these drug dealers. But if people mm -hmm. want it, someone is going to sell it to them. Right. So it's, it's the economics of supply and demand. Where, where there is demand for drugs, there is a profit opportunity and organized crime groups will exploit that opportunity 
if there is no regulated market to meet that demand. And, we, and we've seen that with, you know, a lot of drugs all across the world over an extended period for more than 50 or 60 years now since the war on drugs kind of began in the 60s and 70s. So it's not a war we can win. It's a, it's a political program that is doomed. You know, we've been doing this for generations and it doesn't work. So we think we need some fresh thinking. We need to have a public health approach, not continuing with the catastrophic failures of previous decades. Listen, I, I really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to speak with us. Fascinating stuff and great work you're doing too. Thank you very much. Yes. And again, if you if you find a kilo of cocaine, do not eat it or feed it to your bear. I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake. Audio editing by Chris Blake. Original music by Myron Kaplan and editorial support from Cooper Mall. And to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please share it with us. Send it to somethingoffbeat at odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 